We have spent a fair bit of time on the program talking about the pressure on our healthcare system. I want to do that again today because I feel that even with all the attention given to the issue, we don't maybe truly appreciate just how serious it is. I was reading a story over the weekend about a healthcare worker who uh, just goes home and is just so emotional after their shift because of the rise in respiratory illnesses as of late, on top of how difficult the past two-plus years have been, and it just struck a chord. The healthcare system is just really under enormous strain right now, and we can even focus in on family doctors, for exa- uh, instance. A new data shows family doctors are working more days than they did before the pandemic, despite there being a lot of doctors who have left the profession. At some point, something has got to give. Dr. Rose Zacharias is the president of the Ontario Medical Association and joins us now to talk about this. I appreciate the time today. Thank you. Good morning. Just how busy are family doctors these days? Well, every doctor is working extremely hard. We are in uh, an enormous inside of our healthcare system. I've been working as an emergency department doctor for the last 20 years. I never thought we would get to the point where we would be so overwhelmed we would be closing emergency department doors. But indeed, over the last six months, we've seen that happen over 50 times. We know that hospitals are incredibly strained. Doctors are operating at a high level of burnout. And yet we continue to go to work despite the system strains because we believe in caring for our patients. And so uh, as well as showing up for work and doing our absolute best, we uh, are recommending some solutions to government to be implemented now to alleviate the strain inside the system. How often do uh, doctors see people in person versus uh, virtually these days? Well, looking at virtual care, is a, it's a good thing to do prior to the pandemic. For the most part, every person went to see their doctor in person, and yet doctors were forced to pivot to a virtual care way, either by video or telephone. Uh, during the pandemic, it was, uh, you know, quite um, serious to limit gathering, to um decrease the transmission of the virus. And so uh, even before we had a way to get paid of seeing patients in uh, via virtual means, doctors were doing that. So we have had a good look at virtual care in many ways, the convenience of it, reviewing lab results and filling prescription renewals, even mental health consultations are, are even better done over the phone and via video uh, so uh, at this point, it seems as though 60%, 40%, 60% in-person and 40% virtual is the target that we would be aiming for. And we're closer to 70-30, uh, but uh, we think that really good patient care can be a combination of both. I want to get into some of those solutions you mentioned earlier in just a moment. But before we get to that, you know, when we look at the current system right now, uh, we know that people sometimes tend to uh, avoid health care, go to the hospital, what have you, during uh, times of pandemic. It happened during SARS as well, out of fear of getting sick. But that also means as things start to return to you know, a semblance of normal, people start to go back and seek medical help again. And that can add to just how busy doctors and the, the health care system can be right now. 
Absolutely. It's part of the strain for sure. We know that over 22 million patient care services were delayed as a result of dealing with the crisis of COVID. Now, that's nobody's fault. We had to pivot and shift and deal with the emergency of a global pandemic. But that means everything from routine childhood immunizations to hip replacement surgeries and knee replacement surgeries and cancer screenings were delayed. So we know that now as patients are re-engaging with the healthcare system, they're showing up sicker and, uh, and it's causing tremendous strain in the emergency departments as well as inside the hospitals where people are admitted. So what could we be doing or should we be doing to address the situation? So we have a prescription for Ontario, which is an extensively consulted document, which outlines five key pillars around which we want to see solutions implemented. And really, to name three quickly, we need to deal with a doctor shortage. And so that's to license more internationally trained doctors that are already living in Ontario and have yet to be uh, licensed. We also need to catch up on that backlog of surgeries. And so we're talking about standalone surgical centers that are publicly funded, integrated with the hospital system, but uh, have the ability to be focused and catching up on those hip knee replacement surgeries and cataract surgeries uh, that people are currently waiting for. And we also need an investment in community care and palliative care, actually. We know that a lot of the care that goes on inside hospitals would be well done, uh, better done in long-term care homes, in hospice homes, and also in people's homes, and even done for a lesser cost. And so we need to be implementing these solutions, investing strategically to help alleviate the strain inside the system. The uh, licensing of uh, doctors already here is, seems like one, uh, one solution that's more you know, we could do in the media. Some of the other ones, uh, you know, maybe a bit longer to, uh, to bring in. Uh, but the licensing of the doctors, you know, that could be done relatively quickly. So we have been talking with our regulator as well as the government. We know that um, even implementing something called a practice-ready assessment. So those physicians who have their training just haven't trained in Canada, but who have their training could uh, undergo a 12-week practice-ready assessment. And uh, and then once they pass that and then are credentialed to work um, inside our healthcare system, uh, we could be licensing hundreds of physicians uh, even as early as the spring to uh, to join the physicians that are currently working really hard to care for their patients. You mentioned the prescription. Uh, do you get the sense that the pres- prescription is one that uh, can be uh, acted upon, that people are willing to act upon the government? So we are heartened by alignment uh, with our prescription around um, recognizing the doctor shortages, around uh, an investment in community and uh, home care. And we are committed to continuing to have those conversations with government, 120 doctors were just at Queen's Park on Monday and uh, meeting with our MPPs across the province as well as sitting down with the Minister of Health. And so we will continue to work at the tables uh, committed to seeing our solutions implemented. We will follow with interest. I certainly appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. Absolutely. You're welcome. That's Dr. Rose Zacharias, our president of the Ontario Medical Association.